Hello and welcome to Adrian Goldberg's talk show. This time a chance to pay tribute to the hugely skilled people behind any hit movie or TV show, but who aren't always credited when the gongs get handed out. This time, Nadia Sahawan. Nadia is a dancer and an actor, and she was part of the team behind Rocket Man, the hugely successful biopic of Elton John, which picked up two Golden Globes. Nadia, hello. Hello, nice to meet you, Adrian. And nice to pay tribute to your success. I mean, <laughs> obviously, a lot of the uh, the accolades go to the director, Dexter Fletcher, Taron Egerton, the yeah. star. But you were part of it as well. Yes, I was. I was contacted by choreographer Adam Murray, who worked on Ready Player One and has worked with the Rockets. And he put a team of five of us together to be his team as a as a choreographer and assist him on bringing his ideas to life. So we'd be in the studios research and developing the choreography he would workshop his moves on us and that kind of thing and being a choreographer is a big job you have to be in two places at once and where he might be in the recording studio sorting out the music or working with the main actors on a scene for movement he had his team in a studio maybe choreographing pockets of choreography that he would later maybe change or delete or just fine-tune for the film but we all collaborated together but it was just nice to for each of us to see bits of our choreography in the film which was really lovely and for people who haven't seen rocket man the choreography the moments when what is at times quite a tough life story of elton john suddenly erupts into dance and song i mean it's not just something incidental it is a key part of the the storytelling of the movie yes dexter fletcher who obviously directed it who's just an incredible person to work with um, he's a dream he's a really big fan of dance and he loves musicals and the idea of it being uh, i think the tagline is a real life fantasy and yeah it was just basically stepping into a fantasy world of elton john so yeah it ran a, more as a musical theme and for you, when you get that call, what does that mean? Do you have to drop everything and then just give up your life for six months? How does it work? Yeah, so as I work as a, a choreographer myself, when I got the call from Adam, it's you're making the decision of, right, I need to block things out for six months and make sure anything that I had booked in, I, I have to get covered. But who wouldn't to work on an amazing film? And I'm, I'm really grateful to Adam for that. And you were in the film as well. People can see you on screen if they look closely enough. Yes, I was on screen. All four of the choreographer's team were dancers in the film and we're all in slightly different bits of the scenes because the film does go through the decades so you have to adapt to 60s, 50s, 70s, you know, all throughout. So, yeah, it was really fun having to work on it but also be in it. And I mentioned the two Golden Globes that the film picked up and who knows what might happen in the Oscars. Do you get any bonus for that or is it simply about professional kudos when that happens that you're able to say, I was part of that? Yeah, I mean, we got the, the film got nominated um, but we, we didn't win but Taron won Best Actor, which was totally deserved. He is just a force to be reckoned with really and the new song that Elton wrote with Bernie won as well but you don't get anything extra at all I don't think there's a choreographic uh, title yeah award for choreography which would have been you know really nice for Adam and the team but you do it is just the accolades and there is absolutely no Christmas bonus at the end of it so for you that's a great moment though a film that you've been associated picks up these two globally recognized movie awards how do you arrive at that point in your career well I also I founded a a dance and specialist agency when I was 20 
and we also had uh, four dancers from our company in the film which was really incredible you know it bumps up your CV but for me it, it is, has been a massive highlight in my, in my choreography and dance career and yeah you can only I mean Dexter Fletcher was a household name for me as a child I used to watch him in Press Gang and we were big fans of him so the fact that I got to work with him and him just be so lovely and be from the same area of, as London as me was, um, was really cool so yeah it's been a massive highlight which is around Tottenham North London yeah North London Manor House Massive Bounds Green Wood Green Crouch End yeah it was really cool you talk about that CV what is the CV then how do you get the call from Adam Murray saying we want you to do this where does it all start for you um, well I'd never worked with Adam before but I knew him as a friend of mine he knows that I'm a choreographer as well he mentioned he'd watched a short film that I'd produced and choreographed that won at the Toronto Alternative Film Festival he knows that I work with Olivier Award winning company Boy Blue that's run by Kenrick Sandy MBE and Mikey J so he knows that I have a, a backing behind me um, but it's been a slog definitely definitely been a slog yeah and you weren't born into this career were you by any stretch shaking your head as I say absolutely not I keep saying to my dad like are you gonna turn around one day and say you know you're this big producer that was just trying to teach me a lesson he's like I wish I wish but no absolutely not not born into it I don't know why I'm a creative I have no idea but as a as a child and and growing up um, the arts was uh, just something that I loved. I'm a massive film fan. I love film and just imagery. So I think that's how everything kind of came together. So when did you decide you were actually going to do this as a career? Because that's a, a big step to take, isn't it? Yeah, um, I kind of accidentally... Um, my dance career... I, I, I love dance and I, I always wanted to act, but dancing actually has been more prominent than acting and it came into my life just by starting a dance class at uh, Pineapple Studios which is in the area that we're in now, Covent Garden I loved it and it's a 70s style dance which is really weird to some people but that kind of got me into the hip-hop scene and working with the hip-hop company I'm with now battles and stuff like that so uh, when people see your work and you you, you choreograph and you teach then new opportunities come obviously they come at free at first you don't get paid but when you build up that that showreel the footage then people start to trust you and go right I'm gonna see what you can do with this and when you do it well they want to work with you again so, that's so how old were you when the, when, it, when the dance bug really bit well I got my first job music video when I was 18 and it was for the girl band Mystique, UK girl band. That was my first job. I got my £90 for the day and I was really happy and that's when I really I really enjoyed street dance and I, I just wanted to take it further from there and that's how things developed. I struggled academically. I, I, I'm a hard worker, that's what I can say for myself, but exams and, and schoolwork were a real struggle. It's just not my forte. <laughs> Dance clearly was, and at the age of 20 then you set up your own company, which is quite a thing to do. What was that, and what was that about? So the company I set up was called Free Your Style, and my good friend Matt Bolton really pushed me to do that and actually made my first logo for me. And I set it up as a a dance teacher's group where if someone needed a dance teacher, they could contact us. There was no profit in it. I was doing a lot of it free, which I actually did for a long time. So when you're working for no money, it's, it's difficult, but you just keep going. And then people started asking us, to, independent artists asked to, for our dancers for videos. Again, no pay. But it kind of went from there. And then a few casting directors caught sight of what we were doing, brought us in. 
think one of our first major videos that we did was for Plan B, the song Praying, where it's set in a prison cell. And we had four of our dancers in that. And it was just such a joy and it was really cool. And the video won Best Video at the MTV Awards. So for me, it was like, oh, all these years are finally paying off. But still, the next five years from that, I still wasn't making a lot of money, but I just kept going. But you did have a role, didn't you, in choreographing part of the Olympic opening ceremony orchestrated by Danny Boyle in the Olympic Stadium. Was that the culmination of those five years hard work then when you got the call for that? That was actually under Boy Blue, choreographer Kenrick Sandy, and Danny had contacted Kenrick because he wanted him to be responsible for the Thanks Tim section, the opening ceremony, which was to say thanks to Tim Berners-Lee who created the internet. And the whole section was to go through the decades from the 60s, 70s, punk era, 80s, 90s, and now, and then Dizzy Rascal performed at the end. So at the time I was in Boy Blue and I was pushing Free Your Style and Boy Blue were a massive part of that because I a lot of my uh, people on my books are from the, the company. So Kenrick delegated sections. He was the main choreographer, but he delegated sections to a few of us to be in charge with. And as I uh, do a, the styles locking and popping, 70s made sense for me to do. And we choreographed that, some of it by myself, some of it with Kenrick. And getting to work with Danny Boyle, I was a massive Danny Boyle fan as well, which was just really weird. I've I've gotten to work with people that I'm fans of, so I'm really lucky. And he was just amazing to work with. But we were responsible for a few thousand people at a time when we had to do the warm-up. So you've got your in-ears in and your mics and you're, you're motivating people. But it was just it was just so cool to be a part of. It was amazing. And you still got that sense though that it could all go wrong on the night, couldn't it? And it would if if anything had gone wrong, it would be a very global failure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was it was meant to rain that night, and I I said to Danny Boyle, I said, "Oh, Danny, what do we do if it rains? Because it gets really slippery." And he said, "Well, what we do is they shoot these small missiles into the clouds, which I think they cost something like sixty grand each or something, to stop the rain for a few hours." And I was like what he was like yeah that's that's this is what the olympics is gonna so i was like wow that's that's incredible and it didn't rain i think it spat a little bit but and it went perfectly but shout out to the mass movement team who there's a team that have to organize the actual digit points on the field of where you stand and it's so between like a 1.1 and a 1.5 so everything was done meticulously and everything you saw was rehearsed to an inch of our lives <laughs> for it to go well so it was a lot it was nine months work but it was it was great and you mentioned the dance company boy blue yes. under whose umbrella that work came just yes. tell me a little bit about them because they're quite significant in the area where you're based oh absolutely the boy blue are my family as i said it's mikey J and kenrick sandy mikey J is a music producer who produces for a lot of artists but he's also the producer for boy blue so we have original music which is so lucky boy blue are resident at the barbican and this year's the 10 year anniversary which is incredible i've been with boy blue for 40 13 years now i think 13 years maybe a bit longer and i don't get to go as much but they're still my family and we won an olivier award for a sort of st- a street dance version of the story of the pie piper at stratford theatre royal we went from the early days of doing shows a lot of stuff for free how you understand the industry is to Kenrick, you know, being not, you know, his MBE, the Olivier Awards being nominated, shows going to New York, we got to perform in New York, and also 
Boy Blue has a, a dance piece called uh, EOE, which was which we performed in New York at the Harlem Apollo, and is now on the GCSE dance syllabus, which is really amazing. So uh, I get a lot of students going, oh, well, I'm learning Boy Blue, and it's just great. It's cool. It's a really great family to be a part of. Yeah, and I mean, I would say that the arts has always been an outsider's medium. People have always been called to it if they're from non-traditional backgrounds but to actually make a living in it somebody from a non-traditional background can be very very difficult you're somebody from a non-traditional background I just wonder whether dance is a particularly profitable avenue for people who you know don't have the family backing don't have the family history but it seems to be an area where Britain and urban youth seems to be flourishing. Yeah, I d- dance has always been around, and the thing is with the hip hop scene, it's not always been taken seriously. Even now, production companies and people find it really hard to take hip hop dancers seriously. And I'm I'm 36, and I know da- street dancers who are in their 40s. They're grown men and women, and they're still treated as youth, which is really bizarre because. They work hard, you know, the B-boys and B-girls, which is for, for breakdancing, that's coming to, the, have to come into the Olympics. And that was a long time take, being taken seriously. It was just seen as street kids doing street stuff. But that, that's on an athletic level, you know, and hopefully it's going to be taken more seriously. But in regards to earning money, if I'm totally honest, it's a tough game and there are more people wanting to do it. And I blame reality shows for this. I'm not a fan of these competition reality shows, even though I was on one. I was on Got to Dance on Sky One with a, a dance company called Bodicea. And we had a great time, but it's, uh, it's, it's hard because you see, I, I've seen really incredible dancers go on these shows and just get ripped apart. And by some judges that are not dancers or choreographers, they've just learned to dance during their career. Um, but it's... It's, it's the two ends, isn't it? When you're in a great job, you're making incredible money. But if you're on the other end of the scale, you're making nothing. So it, it's difficult. And I wouldn't say I'd discourage anyone, but I'd say if you're going to do it, you've got to be at the top of your game. And we've talked about a couple of the career highlights, obviously Rocketman and the Olympics, but you got to work with Ricky Gervais as yeah. well, who's a big hero of yours. Oh, God, yeah, that's, um, that was crazy. I worked with a uh, with producer Charlie Hansen, who's a, a friend of mine now. He's just this incredible guy that's so supportive, and he is the producer for Ricky Gervais on Afterlife, David Brent film, Derek, and he also produced Desmond's back in the day, which my dad was a big fan of. But I've been a, an office for people who don't know Desmond's a breakthrough black British yes, comedy. Yeah, oh, it was brilliant. It was so funny, and apparently it's in a barber shop. Yes, it was so good. I think it's. Uh, back on Channel 4 or something now, but I I got the call from Charlie, and he knows I'm a big Ricky fan, and he didn't say anything, he just said, oh, I just want to talk to you about a job, and we were speaking about logistics, and I said, look, this is how much I charge, but because I know you, I'm happy to do it for this fee, because if someone's a friend of mine, or, I've, or they've done me a lot of favours or helped me, which Charlie has massively, I'm happy to do something and as, as a favour, but also I get something out of it as well. And then I got the email from production and it was Derek Productions and I obviously know offhand that that is Ricky's. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh my God. And I rang my sister and went, Layla, I think, I'm, I think I'm working on Afterlife too. She was like, maybe, maybe, just, just see, just see. And um, it turned out it was that. And I mean, I think I said this to you on our phone call, I felt like I'd gone up a, a level in a, in a video game because... I'm such a fan of his and I, I just, 
I, it was just a dream to work with him and he's exactly how he is on TV interviews. He's just so funny and just so polite and kind and just had a massive, he had a massive laugh. I was watching him having a massive laugh on set with his cast and crew who he looks like he's incredible friends with. To work with him was just, it was just brilliant and I, it's something I'm so proud of. And he kept saying, oh, this isn't one for your CV, like, can go at the bottom. I was like... In my head, you don't realise this is going at the top. So, yeah, it was it was just a dream, and I, I just really enjoyed his Golden Globe speech as well. Oh, very, very funny, and you know, hugely inappropriate, and at times offensive to the audience. Brilliant, bring it on. Yeah, it was so good. It was so good. But yeah, so I've um, I got to choreograph um, Ricky and Kerry Godleman in just it was just a like a, a rough choreography for something they're doing in After Life Two, and then there's an episode where there is a lot more choreography but obviously I, I won't say too much about that but everyone was just a pleasure to work with and I just I, I felt respected I felt looked after and I didn't I wanted to do more days on it but it was it was brilliant and after the high of six months work which is you know as you've explained in your line of business is quite a big thing to get to get that level of security when you've had to sometimes in your career offer stuff for nothing just to get yourself going don't worry I'm familiar with that as well <laughs> and you know you've got you've got the regularity of presumably well-paid work making a proper movie the, the reflected glory of, of two golden globes and all that sort of stuff what happens then is it is it back to the same old insecurity yeah I mean as you said you get those highs of feeling amazing and you just want life to constantly be like that and 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 for some people it is they're getting calls every week and they have to turn down things but you know like you said it's back to the hustle I've always hustled and you you have to you also have to keep your dignity and not get big for your boots because yes I worked on Rocket Man and it was great but that doesn't mean I let anything slip and it doesn't mean I'm better than the next person you still have to be humble and know that you need to keep training you need to keep trying you need to keep inspired and keep creative and you know when you meet people treat them how you'd like to be treated the industry can be a harsh place as you know and people are out for themselves but I really do believe in being respectful and being dignified and honouring people and I think that's the way to go you've also got to in order to survive in your business be versatile obviously you try to act when you can as well you've had acting roles in movies And you also do stuff with fire. Don't yeah. You? <laughs> yeah. In my early 20s, I wanted to be a stunt woman, and I didn't have internet uh, or a laptop in my flat, so I didn't know how to go about it at all. I didn't know who to ask. But I'm also a martial artist, I'm a black belt in taekwondo, and my, my dad's always made us, he always wanted us to do a type of martial art when we were younger and he, he always found that important so I, I do that and also yes I'm a <laughs> I'm a qualified well not qualified I'm a highly insured fire eating teacher and I teach fire eating fire breathing and, and body burning and the fire basics um, but I started fire because fire eating would be like sword swallowing effectively um e- I'd be more scared to swallow a sword if I'm totally honest you do eat the flame but it doesn't go completely down into the rib cage or anything like that I've heard that there's a there's a measurement that the sword actually has to be for it to be qualified you could 
swallow something an inch less than you wouldn't be a, a natural sword swallower. Where is the fire then? What, what, what's it contained? So the fire is, uh, you have a stick and you have a wick and the fire is on that and it's basically burning off paraffin, which is a, a slow burning fuel. You do swallow that? So when you're doing a breathe, you take the fuel into your mouth and you spit onto the flame. So you, you probably swallow a tiny drop. It's not the healthiest of skills, <laughs> but... Um, it looks like you're swallowing it. Yes, it does look like it. You're right. I'll probably, I'll say that so everyone's impressed. I've swallowed the fire. Um, but you do eat the fire, you take the flame into your mouth and you have to cut cut it off and you're, you're basically eating the flame. So it's dangerous and I try and keep the standard high on how much I'm paid and my work conditions because I could die at the end of the day, which I haven't as I'm here. And I've never had a big accident because I'm really careful. But you are insured for two million pounds though, aren't you? Yes, I'm at, it's actually gone up to five mil because I teach now. So that's, uh, wow. that's good. <laughs> but I wanted to get into stunts and I thought pyro would be one of those things and I thought that was a good baby step into it but the stunts never happened it's it's a really tough industry to get into and I have a lot of people uh, friends who are in stunts and a few people on my books are in stunts and it's a really tough industry and they don't get the credit they deserve sometimes so so if I gave you the choice then what would you be as I say you've acted you've been in films sort of small budget British feature films You've choreographed and been in a Golden Globe winner like uh, like Rocket Man. You've choreographed at the Olympics. You do fire swallowing. If I said to you, this is what you can do next, what, what would your choice be? Oh, well, as an actor, and I, I feel weird saying that sometimes because I feel like I can't call myself one. And everyone's one these days, aren't they? But, I, you know, I'd love to take on a role that I could involve those skills. I sort of mainly do character work and I I do mainly dialects and accents because I am cast by my look so people might go right Russian Greek Arabic uh, French I never a lot of the time audition for myself as a Londoner apart from when I went for EastEnders no joy no joy no no joy no joy yet but I actually wasn't ethnically right for that I'm, I'm half Mauritian, so sometimes a problem I do run into is they can't place me. There are no roles written for Mauritian women, so I do have to go for something that I look like. But I would love to combine what I do within an acting role. That would just be an absolute dream, yeah. And if nothing else, to go back to the point I made right at the start of this conversation, when people see these big nights, Golden Globes, BAFTAs, Oscars... There are big stars who walk away with the gongs, get to make the funny speech at the end of the evening. But there's a whole army of really talented people like you who are very much a part of that success. Yeah, um, there's so many people like, I mean, crew are just so important and they work so hard and the hours that they do are longer than the actors, way longer. They might be in two to three hours before the actor and after, you know, putting everything back together and I really rate crew like on Rocketman gosh they they built the Studio 54 set from scratch it was they'd brought in lighting from Japan I think I think Dexter said and they just were working so hard also on the DVD there's an extra scene like a top hat and tail scene that Adam Murray choreographed and they built a whole set of stairs for that circular set of stairs and it didn't make the movie so there's so much work that goes into it that people don't see and that doesn't take anything away from the actor from catering to people that are clearing up after everyone like it takes all those people to make the film but yeah you're right people don't we don't get credit as as much as they should do it's been a great pleasure speaking to you Nadia thank you for your time today thank you thank you so much for having me